Hi everyone, welcome to this edition of Roar Lions Radio. I'm your host, Bill DeFilippo, and we're talking basketball tonight. So alongside, we got Chad Markulich. Chad, what's happening? Hello. We have Eric Gibson. Eric, how you doing? What's happening? And making his debut on an episode of the Hoops Pod after a win, we have Dan Smith. Dan, how you doing? I'm happy to uh, be making that debut. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on after a win. This is a rare honor. Yeah. Uh, so it's been a while since we've done one of these. Penn State has played four games in that time. Uh, win against Illinois, seventy-one to sixty-seven. A triple overtime loss to Indiana, one hundred to one hundred and two. A uh, game that occurred against Rutgers, where the final score was seventy to sixty-eight, and then a win over Maryland, seventy. To 64. Uh, we'll start with Illinois. Uh, I didn't watch this game. Dan mentioned before the pod that he did not watch this game. Eric and Chad, I'm assuming that the two of you probably watched this game. Um, do either of you want to give us like a 30 second recap so we could talk about Indiana? Yeah, it was a uh, game they needed to win. They went out and won it. So that was nice. Okay, awesome. Moving on. Indiana, Penn State went into Assembly Hall. We figured, you know, maybe they'll be a little bit angry for how the last game against Indiana went. Uh, Indiana has a few guys out. I mean, James Blackman didn't play. OG Ananabi didn't play. A few other dudes were on the court. Um, very weird game. Uh, Penn State, every time it looked like they were out of it, Tony Carr just decided that wasn't going to be the case anymore. Uh, but it wasn't enough. Uh, Julian Moore fouled out. Mike Watkins looked like he might have had some issues, you know, staying healthy. Uh, Tony Carr fouled out. Josh Reeves fouled out. Thomas Bryant was really able to establish himself, and the Hoosiers were able to come out on top. Uh, Eric, I guess we'll start with you again. Uh, The big takeaway for me in this game was Tony Carr. Uh, I think that's obviously uh, what it was. So if if you would, please uh, talk about the performance we saw out of Penn State's young point guard. Uh, Yeah, no, he was was, – that second half – I mean, he had it going the whole game – but in the second half, you could see him kind of start getting more and more confident. Um, he he could take Newkirk off the bounce uh, pretty regularly and was able to uh, get a, get in a lot of pick-and-roll situations, got caught in the end on some switches. He would take the bigs off the dribble. He would take the guards off the dribble. Um, and he did a great job running the offense. Um, you know, it's a shame they lost this game or whatever, but uh, – you know, the way he, he led the uh, offense down the stretch and the big plays he made, especially that one when they were making the comeback um, and he uh, finally got them that lead on that and one and he like puffed out his chest or whatever. That was should have won the game, but they, they, you know, missed free throws or whatever. And they lost. That was a, that was a tough game. man. I don't know. That was, I don't really know how to sum up that game. It had everything. Yeah. I mean, I, I know after the game, you seemed a little bit more upset than, uh, than you normally are after a Penn State loss. Uh, Chad, I want to go to you. Uh, I mean, how did you feel after this one? Because this is a game that, kind of like Eric said, it seemed like Penn State had it, should have won, and it seemed like it should have been the game where uh, Tony and Lamar really announced that they are guys who are going to just be problems for teams in the Big Ten, but they weren't able to get the job done at the end. So, like, what were your... Like, how'd you feel when the game ended? Because I think I can see either, you know, optimistic or really, really, really angry at how things went down. I mean, I was, I was pretty cool that just to see the freshman merge like that and Tony, you know, take that leadership role at the end with, you know, you had 23 points, 14 assists and four turnovers and well, like 42 minutes. That's, I, I mean, 
what, what more can you ask from a freshman point guard like that? Um, you know, I mean, should we ever expect Penn State to go into Bloomington and win? The answer is probably not, just because you know Indiana's a blue blood program. We're we're Penn State. Um, you know, uh, good. It just you know, just good to see them play that well. Um, and of course, it didn't carry. It it had a little hangover effect to the next game, but um, still a really cool game to watch. A game that I'll remember for sure. Um, had you know they had a few chances to win it, but um, you know I, I really can't be mad at a team for playing, you know, three extra periods of basketball and and just coming up short. So especially on the road. Yeah, uh, Dan, going to you, like it, it just seemed like Penn State's big issue. Uh, was dealing with Thomas Bryan. I mean, he had 31 and 11. I'm looking through Indiana's box score. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, Johnson also had a double double. Uh, my computer's acting up, so I'm not going to even look at it. I, I apologize for that. But Penn State's defense, I, I mean, we know that it kind of has its limitations, but it, it seemed to me like. In the second half, it really locked down, and the big issue was it just got tired towards the end of the game. Would you agree with that? I think that's very fair. Um, you know, it had a little bit of shades of the game they lost on the road at Maryland last year in the terms of just a dominating performance by an opposing big man sort of wore them down. And the, the Maryland one was a little different in terms of, you know, they – blew a big lead and it, you know it felt more like a blown opportunity than I think this one felt as it was happening it sort of felt that more big picture because a lot of people thought ooh you know they can take advantage of the injury problems with Indiana um but I definitely think the fatigue is a factor and it manifested itself not just in you know Brian eventually getting you know his uh you know through the the end of the game the overtimes um but also in having tired legs at the free throw line and I think the the, the main frustration of a game like that is just, you know, whenever you lose a game and free throws were a huge part of it, especially when you're a team that's generally a, a pretty solid free throw shooting team, it just feels arbitrary. And there's it's hard to come away feeling like, you know, even though it's part of the game and it's an important part of the game, it's hard to feel like, you know, the, the result reflected the effort of the game anytime that, uh, you know, free throws down the stretch would kill you. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I don't even really... Like, do you guys really want to talk about this one, or do you want to get on to Rutgers and Maryland? I'll kind of like you guys. Like, 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 let's let's uh, get on to Rutgers so we can just move on from that too. Okay, I really just want to get to Maryland. Yeah. Okay. Real quick though, uh, uh, one thing that is always really fun just with this game is when you have freshmen and you're a team that like Penn State that is banking on freshmen and they're going into an environment. That is one of the tougher ones in college basketball, and they just play completely fearless. And it was really cool seeing that out of Lamar and Tony. Uh, Mike, when he was on the floor, also uh, played like that. But when your young core is playing with that amount of fearlessness, that's really cool. Um, Moving on to the next game, a game that I would really... Uh, like part of me just wants Chad to talk about this so he could talk about how proud he is that Penn State is worse than Rutgers or whatever. Uh, Rutgers beat Penn State. Penn State, as we uh, as we mentioned, just looked dead. Uh, that first half against Rutgers, uh, like I'm looking right now, it ended 35-29 Rutgers. I thought it was bigger than that because Penn State just didn't seem like they had it. Uh, 
Came close. Wasn't enough. Great game from Shep Gardner. Uh, team, the rest of the team, I mean, Shep had 24, Tony had 17, Mike had 11, no one else had more than six. So, rough game. Chad, I will let you take your victory lap, so go ahead, have fun. Well, well, well. Oh, sure. Who called it? <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I did not expect them to lose that game. Um, <laughs> I, I, that The Rutgers thing was like, I said that in jest kind of oh yeah the non-conference portion of the season but it's it is nice to be proven right uh even if i was uh trying to be an asshole but well uh, i mean come on we got we got to talk about like the context of of everything um you know i mean like i I don't think it was too big of a surprise no it wasn't Um, i mean Rutgers is it was kind of it was a really bad bad matchup at the time and as soon as soon as we knew they were they that they really were that tired i think everybody was very concerned yeah, well, I think for me, I, I thought it was a good matchup s- simply for the fact that I've seen Rutgers shoot. Like, I mean, Penn State shot terrible this year. Their two-point percentages are terrible. And Rutgers is, like, noticeably worse in, like, all areas on the floor as far as shooting the basketball. Um, so, so they, you know, you got to give cre- Rutgers some credit there. They actually outshot, you know, their numbers and, and how they usually play on the road. Um, but, yeah, then, and then obviously Penn State had no energy. Um there was that issue with Josh Reeves recovering from the flu. Apparently he, he had the flu after the uh, Indiana game. Um, he had no energy. He looked dead. Um, and then the freshmen just, they didn't have it. And then the upperclassmen was ultimately the biggest disappointment in that game. They were, um, you know, now Ships um, shielded from that just because he had his best game of the year in that game. Really is the only reason why it was a game for Penn State. Um, especially in the first half, I think he scored. I mean, he had five threes like in the first ten minutes of that game or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, they just that was bad. Um, it was it was, a, it was a terrible loss, you know. And obviously, a lot of people got pretty dejected by it. Um, you know, Rutgers is undoubtedly the worst team in the league, and first year head coach. Um, and they they just got got. Like I said, I kind of like wrote about it, about how. Um, you know, Steve Peichel kind of like came in as a first-year head coach with that. You kind of just get that first-year bump, that enthusiasm. Um, you know, people just want to like. You know, it's a fresh start for a lot of players. I don't. I don't know what it is. I feel like there's uh, analytics out there that like co- new coaches like do better in their first year than they do their second year, just because I don't know. But because um, you know that team has no talent. Like they shouldn't even be winning. Yeah. Uh, how many Big Ten wins do they have right now? Two. Actually, actually, well, that's probably pretty accurate. But um, th- didn't they almost beat Ohio State tonight? Did I see that? Yeah, yeah, they were they were within it. Uh, they were tied with less than a minute to go, and they fouled Cam Williams on a three point shot, which he made. Yeah. Well, I kind of, like I said, I, it, it reminds me of you know Penn State's you know Chambers yeah. first year, you know, mm-hmm. just straight you know effort. Yeah, on I defense. was actually looking at that just just earlier today and for no apparent reason i was looking at that and i i didn't realize how good of a start to the year they had they came out they were like five and one and they beat a good south florida team <laughs> Gino! What? are you talking about Rutgers or, or or penn state that year no penn state in 2012 oh, we okay yeah no in 2012 penn state yeah, South Florida ended up 47th in Yo, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, that's a South Florida game. I was at that game. I was oh, at was the yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that game was so ugly. It was so <laughs> ugly. It was 53-49. I'm pretty sure Matt Glover thrived in that game, if I <laughs> recall. 
But um, yeah, I forgot Kim Palm doesn't have the scores, the box scores from those games. I'd have to go find it. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. So yeah, so Rutgers kind of you know they got got and um, you know kind of you know if you think about the you know we talked about I talked about Reeves having the flu or whatever. But the other thing is you know they got back late Wednesday off that triple overtime game. Um, Chambers gave him the day off Thursday, which I don't think anyone would have disagreed with as a coach. You know, they looked dead after that game. That third overtime, they just completely collapsed. Um, they went light on Friday, and then they had to get ready and play early Saturday. They really didn't really have much time to prepare. Um, obviously, you, you know, Rutgers, how much preparation do you need? But at the same time, Rutgers had an extra day. Um, their last game before this one, they were at home. You know, it's a short trip from Rutgers to Penn State as opposed to going to Indiana or something. So um, Rutgers definitely had a big advantage in the uh, travel schedule, and I, you know, I don't know. And they're playing hard. So, you know, Penn State just got out hustled that game. Yeah. I mean, that you see this kind of game all the time. Like a team goes and they play their hearts out and they lose a heartbreaker against a team that is better than them. And then they come back and they just don't look like they have it. I mean, outside of Shep, like, I mean, Tony was getting to the free throw line and we'll talk about. Uh, the final play call in a second. Uh, Tony didn't have a great game from the field. Lamar wasn't shooting all that well. I mean, outside of Mike, I th- there just wasn't re- Mike and Chef. There really wasn't anyone getting much done from the field. Th- these kind of games happen. Like I hate that we're kind of just throwing our hands in the air and saying, you know, these kind of games happen because it seems like we're sitting here. Uh, trying to justify a loss against Rutgers, but, like, it just does. It's college basketball. Every once in a while, thing A happens, and in this case, thing A is the Indiana game, and then it leads to thing B happening, which is the Rutgers game. And I think we could all tell within the first couple of minutes that Penn State just didn't have it, and they were going to need they were going to need to do something to keep Rutgers from winning this game, and they just weren't able to do that. And, eh, oh, well, they made up for it by beating Maryland. But... Uh, before we move on to the Maryland game, Chad, I want to I want to just go around with the three of you. Final possession of the game, uh, Penn State gets the ball with about five seconds or so left, seventy to sixty-eight. Uh, they call a play that is designed to get Tony going to the rim, have him put up a layup, not able to go in. It's the kind of thing that he will get better for. You know, you, sometimes you need to have these moments, but. What did you think about the play call? Did you think it was the right decision? Did you maybe want to see something else? Uh, all that fun stuff. Yeah, they had a side out play. Um, uh, you know, there's not like a magic play you're going to drop and and with that amount of time, uh, that no, will leave no time, time, out, time to figure it out. Right, and that was yeah, yeah they were out of timeouts at that point too. So, um, you know, you want to isolate your best player and get into the rim. Uh, he's he got eleven or uh, thirteen free throws all game. You want him going to the rim trying to draw a foul. They just you know didn't work out I, I have no problem with the play call i have no problem with getting to, to tony there and you know doesn't work out doesn't work out uh dan and eric do you generally agree with that sentiment yeah yep <laughs> sweet all right let's stop talking about rutgers uh moving on to the game that was actually fun uh a game that i i mean it seems like everyone on our staff in one way or another was like, yeah, Penn State's winning that. And I don't know if everyone was being 100% serious about it, but we were all saying it, and it ended up happening. Penn State beat Maryland. Maryland went on the road. Uh, 
to the indomitable Bryce Jordan Center, and they just weren't able to get the job done. And it was fantastic, and it was fun, and it was everything. And uh, Dan, we'll start with you. What was, I, I mean, what was the big thing that led to Penn State winning this game, if there is anything other than Lamar Stevens? I mean, Lamar Stevens led the way, but I'd say the play of the freshman, uh, you know, as a whole. Um, you know, Shep was, uh, you know, invisible, which was disappointing after the uh, Rutgers game. Peyton Banks was, I'd say, a little bit beyond invisible, was, you know, uh, overall negative in the game. Um, you know, really the only, you know, and Terrence Samuel was out. The only upperclassman who contributed was Julian Moore, of all people, who had a, you know, I described the game as pleasant for him. I think that would be the best word. Um, you know, but it was, but Tony Carr was solid. Uh, you know, I don't think his shooting numbers ended up being great, but he was solid. Um, you know, which was another, you know, nice to see him bounce back after, you know, a little bit of trouble against Rutgers. Um, you know, Lamar was great. Nazir Bostic coming out, uh, you know, contributing, uh, you know, he's still got issues with, you know, a lot of his offensive game, but he did, exactly what you would want him to do when given the minutes that he was given in terms of what he contributed on defense and, you know, being able to attack the boards a little bit. And, uh, Mike Watkins was, was solid. Uh, you know, it was able to, to get open and get some easy inside buckets. Uh, you know, played some good defense, uh, which is, you know, kind of what they're all, all they're asking for, for him. Um, you know, so I thought it was, uh, you know, great to see them, you know, we've been talking about all season about how disappointing the upperclassmen are. It's nice to see that, you know, they're able to win some games against good opponents even when that problem continues. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Eric, I want to go to you, and I would like it if you talked about the defense for a second because uh, if you woke up on Tuesday morning and I said to you, Eric, tonight uh, Melo Trimble is going to go 4 for 13 from the field with 11 points and just not look like he knows what he's doing out there because Penn State is locking him down. I, I mean, I think we all would have, I mean, that leads to a win every time, and it ended up happening. So what did you think about the Nittany Lions' defensive effort on the whole, and especially on Trimble, and uh, potentially on a noted person who was totally going to help them this year, LG Gill? <laughs> um, no, it was, it was good. I mean, you knew we, we were capable of that. Uh, we saw that defense earlier in the year against uh, Michigan State and Minnesota, and um you, know, you were talking earlier about the, um, you know, our confidence, our stats, confidence level, predicting a, a win in this game or whatever. I, I was confident heading into it. Um, it's kind of like it's kind of like an AAU game. Uh, Maryland recruits a lot of uh, AAU players. You know, herders from um, the Nike circuit. Uh, Callen, I think, was on the Under Armour circuit. Uh, Trimble's a big AAU guy. So like, you know, both teams were kind of familiar with each other just from AAU days and um, stylistically or whatever. Uh, I thought. Penn State would be able to play their kind of game. Um, so the defense was, you know, they actually came out. Uh, first half was good, but, you know, you were talking about how they shut down Trimble. That didn't really happen until the second half. Uh, Trimble came out and scored, I think, almost all of his points in the first half. Um, I think he was held to just a free throw in the second half, and that's that was really the difference there. He came out and had some ball screens that he was able to uh, burn them on pretty early. I know he got Watkins in foul trouble. But, um, but yeah, then, you know – I tell you what, Lamar Stevens really defended yep. very well. He had a lot of strips, a lot of deflections, um, some great rebounds. He was all over the place. Um, and then I also, you know, there was that one play in the second half, 
And this would have been the greatest Penn State basketball player or Penn State basketball play, um, or at least the most exciting slash athletic. I don't know. But when he got that one rebound, um, and I feel like he made a, a poor play before. It was kind of like a, a crazy sequence. I know Trimble had just came down and tried to force a shot. He missed it badly. Lamar grabbed the rebound and went 94 feet and almost just dunked it on the world or whatever. He ran right past the Maryland team, but um, Justin Jackson or whatever found him pretty hard right when he was about to yam it. That would have been pretty ridiculous considering the time and score. I think that was like under six minutes left or something. But, uh, but yeah, defense was great. Watkins was great. Great rim protector. Um, you know, Josh Reese didn't really um, – he didn't have any steals. Didn't really make any – um, noticeable plays, but you know he was um, doing a good job because the team as a whole did a great job. So um, you know it was it was when they needed to have it, and it's pretty encouraging to see freshmen be able to defend at this kind of level um, in the league. It's pretty bodes pretty well for the future. Obviously, you know Mike Mike Watkins has a lot to do with that. Yeah, I I mean the last uh, this may be something they've been doing all year, but this is something I've really noticed the last couple of games is. Uh, when someone is getting hot, I mean, they did this with Corey Sanders in, uh, in the Rutgers game. They did it with Trimble in this game. They'll just tell Josh, hey, Josh, go out, out there, face guard them, and just don't let them get anything. And like you, when you notice it's happening, it's fantastic because Josh is just like forcing them five feet behind the three-point line and taking them out of the play. It's fun. Uh, Chad, I want to go to you and kind of touch on something uh, that both Dan and Eric talked about. Shep Gardner, three points, one for nine from the field. Peyton Banks, no points, 0 for four from the field. I think, uh, kind of going from the opposite side of the Trimble thing, if I told you those two things are going to happen against Maryland, my guess is your confidence level in a win probably wouldn't have been too high. So, like, what is it? And you didn't even mention the almost rebound that Peyton Banks had and immediately handed to a Maryland player as he went to the ground. (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean... I was too busy uh, looking at the stat line that Davis M. Goulis put up to remember anything. Uh, but yeah, uh, Chad, if I told you those two things were going to happen, uh, yeah, you probably think Penn State loses this game. So this happened because of the young players. Just fawn over them for a minute because I have to get up and go deal with someone at my door. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you see that Penn State goes two of 18 from three-point range, uh, three points from Garner and Banks combined. Um, considering Penn State's been such a poor shoot, poor two-point shooting team this whole season, um, you'd expect probably a blowout uh, loss against Maryland. But uh, here we are. Uh, Stevens and Carl were just outstanding. Um, you know, you guys touched on it before, but, um, I, you know, having freshmen like this lead the way against a ranked team, against a Maryland team that – you know they're young themselves, but god damn, like Penn State should not have players this good, um, this that are this young. And that's including Watkins. Um, you know, they, I don't know. It's, it's just crazy that that Shep and Peyton did nothing in this game, and they still won yeah, honestly, handily. Yeah, that's something that I want to write about. I think that you know that this game could easily be a passing of the guard. Finally, um, you know we've been kind of, or at least I know I have been. I've been just waiting for you know this breakthrough for them to really, you know, build off of one of these wins. And I think they have a chance here in these next two games. Um, I know they're on the road, but um, 
but you know, it, it, clearly the freshman of the best players, clearly the freshman of the future, clearly if next year's team is going to make the NCAA tournament, it's going to be on the backs of those guys, not the upperclassmen right now. And that's okay. Like, I, I think that's fine. Um, it's just the problem was for, for them to have as much success as we wanted to this year, they needed more from their upperclassmen. And, um, you know, hopefully I mean, there's still time to turn around here, but, um, you know, seeing Peyton Banks is, you know, that, that's concerning for me with Peyton Banks. He's been, um, frankly, you know, he's always been a guy who gets hated on a lot. Um, he doesn't have the flashiest game. Um, and he, he definitely has his inconsistencies when he's shooting the basketball. But, um, you know, he's been the number one, you know, actually, I don't know if you guys saw that stat. That kind of, I, I, I haven't, I've been sleeping on this one, but Shep and Peyton were like number one in big 10 three pointers made. Or something? Did you guys see really? that? No, I didn't know that. that. Yeah, that was a stat that the um, broadcast showed. Um, just no, that's just total volume, and part of that's because Penn State has played more games. You know what I mean? Like they played right. twelve on the team, they right. played eleven. But um, that still surprised me. But Payton's these last two games it's were been invisible. Um, yeah, you know, and honestly, I feel like if, if you if you rewatch that Maryland game, um, you'll see the first half, the upperclassmen just took crap shots, and you know. Losing the Rutgers obviously kind of put the program in a gut check time. Um, they, they clearly needed to respond from that because um, things could have went south here in a hurry. And um, so it seems like they came out in that game and the fresh or the upperclassmen wanted to be the leaders. And um, and, and that's why, you know, you, I don't remember what the numbers were, but I know Shep took some terrible shots. Um, Peyton came out and never looked comfortable. Um, I feel it was – I could be wrong on this game. I can't remember which game it was, but I remember that – one game where Peyton's first shot was like on the top of the backboard. That was Rutgers. Yeah. That was Rutgers. Okay. Yeah. And he had, he had, no. a brick, he had a, like a brick, like wedgie shot too. Yeah. Like uh, I understand like those plays game. get yeah. like burned into people's brains of like how terrible he is, but, but he does do good things. But these last two games have been, he's just fallen off and he's contributed nothing. And I think Dan called him a net negative. That's, that's absolutely true. Um, he has not been able to rebound from the four position at all. And, and part of it is part of it is a little bit of personnel. You know, he shouldn't be playing the four. He shouldn't be, be relied right. upon to be a rebounder because it's not his game. But you would hope that you know there was a, a play. I I I think it was in the rugby. We just I mean blew a box out like you wouldn't believe. And it was like one of the if you're not even going to make the yeah. effort, like it was a pure effort thing. I don't know if he spaced out or whatever the case may be. It's a pure effort thing at that point when you're. You got a guy who takes a three-point shot who just runs right by you for an offensive rebound. You know that's that's where the frustration comes in with him is that you know he's got limited ability. But as a redshirt junior, supposed to be a leader in the team, we'd heard so much about it before the season. You know, I know everybody's tired, but you're supposed to be the person who's going to turn the tide around. It was a very frustrating thing to watch, especially in that Rutgers game. And and even if you know, even if he's not rebounding, like he still has tremendous value for this team just as a three-point shooter because we don't. There's nobody else, you know. There's Shep and it's him and, and Shep. Him. Oh yeah, that's it. Nobody. So they they just need him just to you know space we've, the floor. We've gotten Reeves from historically bad up to you know not great, slight slightly below average. Oh hey Bill, yeah, yeah. Hey, what's up? Uh, Ter- yeah, but no, that's is at thirty three percent of the season, guys. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, but that was kind of like the point I was trying Banks to make though, in this <laughs> in this game though like um you know with the freshman like you know the upperclassmen came out started and tried to like lead the way and they just weren't getting it done but the freshmen were getting it done yeah and you know like i said i'm gonna i hope to write about this but um freshmen scored 10 of the 11 field goals in the second half and 30 of the 35 points um 
which I think is pretty big uh, as far as for their confidence. You know, Car. This is at, you know also after Carl was named a captain um, following the Rutgers game. Um, hopefully, this is the breakthrough as far as when the freshman gains some consistency and have zero hesitation as far as being the go-to guys. Um, and the upperclassmen are going to have to adjust. And hopefully, Peyton Banks finds his game again because um, they definitely need his threes. Um, and hopefully, Shep. I mean. I, I don't even know what to say about Shep. I mean, we, we keep thinking he was good. I mean, he came into this last game 17 to 34 from three in his like previous four or five games. And then he just, I don't know. We got to just get more consistency there. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, is, is there anything else that you guys would like to discuss in it? Would one of you like to talk about Nazir Bostic? We touched on him already a little bit. Yeah, um, I mean, he. I think we analyzed, uh, you know, sort of what his role should be going forward, and that he he did exactly what you want him to do yeah. there. And, and Pat, well, I think. Well, I was going to say Pat said basically said after the game, yeah, we uh, like he's been basically in practice giving us reasons to play him more. And it, recently, him, within the yeah, last recently, weeks, recently. Least, and know, it's not like him, it's not like they've been burying oh, a no, guy no, who no. should be a big time contributor, definitely. Or something. He's, he's you know on a much more normal freshman trajectory than you know there are a couple of stars that they have. Yeah, but he, I, I mean, like we said, then and then yeah, after the game, I believe Pat said, yeah, like that's what we basically expect out of him, and that's something that's something that's important. So good job, Nazir, and of course to David Zemgulis. Keep on fighting, my man, because we all believe in you. Uh, anyway. All right. I think at, at this point, yes, uh, Dan, I, had a, I so, have a surprise segment I wanted to spring on you guys. Yes. And, and just to, to be clear, Dan told us before we recorded he had a surprise segment. He didn't tell us a single detail about it. So we're excited. So I, Bill has been part of the football podcast, but I don't believe Chad and Eric have, but oh, they no. have a... a they have a game that they play oh, called no. Real Pen Live Comment or Not. Oh, I'm familiar, yeah. In light of the <laughs> win over Maryland, I want to play a game called Real Testudo Time. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Now, I don't know. Now, have any of you, were any of you perusing their comment section earlier today? I, I read it twice today, but it's all <laughs> you jumbled mess. Did anybody not? Because I really like the person who hasn't pl- to play. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll play then. Yeah, we. Right, I, mean, I feel I like I looked at it, so I might know, but oh come on, let, let me play a little bit. I don't remember everything. Bro, you all right, I'll, I'll let all three of you give an answer. I was a little say, there were like four hundred comments on that thing. There's yeah, no I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I actually pulled a little bit from one of the game threads too. I sort of I sort of couched it a little bit as for as far as one of the ones that's real. That's part of the game, if you remember. For anybody who's a basketball podcast listener and not a football podcast listener. First of all, listen to our football podcast. Second of all, two two, thank you for supporting the basketball some of them, podcast. Yes, thank you very much. You're a rare, you're a rare breed, and we thank you. <laughs> and third, uh, so the concept is I've got six comments here, and I'm going to read each one, and they're going to decide whether they think it's a real one or if it's something I made up. So here is the first one. And by the way, for those of you who are uh, who are possibly uh, um, very religious or something, there's going to be some profanity involved. <laughs> Just be prepared here. So here is the first comment from Real Testudo Times comment or not. (laughs) This was the worst fucking loss of the entire Turgeon era by far. 
PSU did not play a great game. Our side just sucked turtle balls. <laughs> That's not real. Bill says no. What do you and Eric and Chad? What do you guys say? I mean, it just comes down to turtle balls, and I, I can't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'll say it's real. I'll go against the green. Right, we got I rem- one, I, real, one fake. We'll keep I it remember, interesting. I remember reading that one. That one's real. <laughs> it is real. <laughs> <laughs> was, I don't want to. I don't want to get too deep into the whole Testudo uh, Testudo culture there, but that was Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> I can, can like saying turtle balls. That is something we do when we make fun of Testudo commenters. Like that is fantastic. Like okay. What was that? I never said turtle balls in my life until now. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why well, Bill thought that was something I would make up. But. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's number two. Here's comment number two. I swear, if that six foot nine motherfucker Ivan Bender misses another wide open shot down low, I will blow up my television. <laughs> Dunk the fucking ball. That's like me missing an eight foot hoop against my seven year old daughter. Let's <laughs> say that's fake. Eric's is fake. Bill, go ahead. I'll go real. Whatever. <laughs> that sounds. That sounds so mad. <laughs> okay, so I, I've I've listened to some of Dan's rants before, and I feel like that's reminiscent of Dan's like language yep, that he uses in a rant. It's fake. That is real. He, we, he's no! Come on. <laughs> Blow up your TV. What, what the? F- <laughs> yeah, what, this is so good. This is incredible. So, but honestly, so this is gonna be Penn State. Whenever, if we're ever good, this is gonna be Penn State. I am so <laughs> excited for when this po- like pod hits Twitter. I am absolutely tweeting at Testudo and hoping that somebody <laughs> listens to this. All right, here's number three. Fuck Randy Edsall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that's real. I, th- I feel like I remember that one. I'm going fake. Eric says real. Bill says fake. That's real. Chag is real. It's real. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I remember that one. Hold, uh, now I have to look at right. the context of that one. <laughs> there was there was very little. Someone go get Hugh off the way. Hurt her. Shoot more. Trimble. Shoot. Oh, wait. No, I, I remember reading this one because I remember being... Kind of surprised that someone would be so... I think the first response to it was like, wait, why? And somebody was like, there's there's never a bad time to say that. Here's how this thread goes. The the comment, the first reply, why? The second reply, why not? The third reply, (laughs) why? It's like bragging about mistake girlfriends. Okay. Oh, this is art. (laughs) All right. So number four. Villanova's Phil Booth knee will not play tonight per a school spokesman. (laughs) Real or fake? <laughs> fake. This can't be real. No. <laughs> I'm going to have to look Eric's this up if fake. this is real. Eric's is fake. I'm looking this up if this is real. Well, well, here's the thing. Like, I can absolutely imagine a Testudo commenter. Because Dan isn't giving us full comments. He's giving, like, things within the context of comments. So I can imagine some, I yeah. some like, lunatic going on like a 200 word rant and in the middle being like, look at a team like Villanova, by the way, Villanova guard, blah, 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 blah. So I will say fake, but I can imagine being wrong on this. 
This has yeah. equal shot of being a really strange comment or Dan inserting a really uh, strange yeah. non sequitur into this game. But well, uh, the, the answer is that it was fake, and that's actually a, a recurring tweet by John Rothstein. <laughs> 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 What, what, what like you... clockwork, every time Villanova plays, John Rothstein <laughs> updates us that Phil Booth is still out with a knee injury. <laughs> oh, did, wait, before we go, and I'm sorry to interrupt this, but did you guys see that John Rothstein now has a nickname for Penn State basketball? I don't know if that's a nickname because it's the first time he's used it. If he keeps using it, if he does it a second time, then it's definitely in. The Jack no, I, I feel like the, yeah, he uses Jekyll and Hyde all the time, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, don't, I don't know if that's going to stick John or not. Yeah, I don't think that's... I think that's something that he is just. I think it makes a lot off. of sense after you beat a rag team after you lost to Rutgers. I think that's all that it is. He's it was, used it, it was... to describe Temple two times. Uh, yeah. Cal, yeah, we need something more Z-ball. esoteric for it to be like a real John Ross team. Oh wait, game. no, he's all, he's he hasn't or used crazy attributes to us. He hasn't used Jekyll and Hyde since two thousand. His last three uses were yesterday, January sixteenth, January fifth, and then February of twenty fourteen. So he must have gone. Uh, gone back to the well for this one <laughs> deep cuts from john ross he's playing the b-sides now <laughs> all right so number five the only thing uglier than our play is pat chambers head what is that is he balding growing some moss ran out of razors tell him to fix his damn brain case as well shit is appalling <laughs> I'm that's going real real, real. That's real that was real yeah that was real. That, I stitched it together from, from it was the same commenter posted that in the game thread and then we had a follow up <laughs> on it because it was just such a topic of conversation that he needed to bring it up again. <laughs> that was that was it was the same guy, but it was it was two different ones that he brought up the same topic of just really does not like how uh, Patrick Chambers shaves his head. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that brings us to our final one, which is. Players and coaches, you just lost to Penn State in basketball. Your only option left is ritual suicide. Do it in public. Okay, for the rec- first off, uh, Eric and I are tied at four apiece. Yes. Bill has uh, three. three, I think. Okay. Right. So, so Bill, I'm going to let Chad and Eric go first because the only way Bill can win is if he guesses opposite of you two guys. So I'm going to give him that opportunity. Thank you, Dan. This is, this is real. Okay. Yo, can one. you repeat? Can you repeat the uh, please? The the, the, uh, the, the syntax. Yeah. Okay. Well, the yeah. thing is, Eric heard it. He just wants to hear it again because it was funny. Oh yeah. Okay. Players and coaches, you just lost to Penn State in basketball. Your only option left is ritual suicide. <laughs> Do it in public. Yep, that, that's real. I remember that one. Yeah. The thing is, like, I, I'm going to say real too, and I'll just take the L. Like, right. I don't care. Yeah, no, uh, I, I wanted to end on that note because I thought that was I, – I figured you guys probably remembered that one. I think that one made its way into our slack. So, but that was, uh, was a good note to end on too. But <laughs> They really – I think they, our relationship to Maryland is very opposite as it is in football. You know, we have the same like we're superior. We should never lose to this team and yeah. export or whatever. I, I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate that we had the opportunity to finally gloat and get that moment. For basketball, because I was waiting for that for years. Well, I, I one of the things they brought up in the uh, in their previews, I think, was uh, they like to have a laugh at Eric's expense over his, a comment he made a while back, 
which was not even an unreasonable thing at the time that Eric said. Oh, no, not yeah, ever, yeah. But, you know, well, no, sort of you the said thing that with Diamond Stone. Diamond Stone will never go to Mary. Yeah. People, people still tweet me out of the blue about that. Yeah, really? It's like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've gotten at least a couple tweets. But, um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I remember the gist of it was like you were telling them there's no way Diamondson will go to Maryland. Yeah, because that was right after they had like lost all those transfers. Um, and honestly, they were like going into that season, a lot of people were not happy with Turgeon. So, um, you know, there's, there was, and apparently they're still not. I just, found yeah, that. I mean, in fairness yeah. to some of them, you know, they were definitely like, triple's going to come in and be like a star or whatever. And clearly that happened for him. So, that, I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, at the time, it was not an unreasonable thing to say. So well, whatever, well, I'm having fun. I was gonna say, it wasn't the implication that Diamond Stone would have gone to Maryland if he got in? Like, like I don't Wisconsin. think that Wisconsin. was. I, I, uh, Wisconsin. I, my bad. I I, I yeah. thought I remember yeah. someone like. Close and there was some Under Armour stuff going on with that too, with his. Their bagmen really paid well, off. Well, I was gonna say we should probably end this podcast before we start. Accusing a program of committing rampant NCAA violations. Oh no! That's, what, are you to say, <laughs> what do you What do you think a bagman is? I think it's cut, the, Scot- cut, the cut. Scottish Society in Maryland who goes and plays <laughs> the bagpipes to welcome them to campus. It's a great recruiting tool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. Uh, okay. You preview some games. No, or, I think the important uh, yeah. lesson that I took away from reading through. 900 comments at Testudo <laughs> Times. Oh, God, it was great. Was fuck Randy Edsall. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, that I was mean, the lesson I learned from the Maryland fan base. Th- the thing is, we've been so good about not swearing. And then, That's why I prefaced that, I say, yeah. and I put it at the end of the podcast, is because if you were, if you were all about not this, the non-swearing thing, this is the, these are the first times that we've been cursing a lot since, uh, since this podcast has started. So. Well, yeah. we got to get the explicit rating on iTunes now. Yeah, so. yeah, we do. Well, look at that. Know, it's, yeah. um, well, no, I, I make Nick do all that shit, so whatever. Oh, good. Okay. But, um, you become- but yeah, no, it's, I, and I will say one of the takeaways to bring it back before we go into Penn State basketball was other than the guy who really didn't like how Chambers shaves his head, they were very complimentary of, you know, the job he did. You know, they say, oh, you know, he, he always brings it against Maryland. You know, he, he's got a game plan. He really knows how to play against Turgeon. Uh, you know, he, I said Turgeon, Turgeon, and, um, you know, he gets this guy's guys prepared. Whatever. Fuck Randy Edsall. Fuck Turge. Whatever. You know, they, they, a lot of them call him Turge. They got a little pet nickname for him because that, that O-N on the end is really just tough to get to. <laughs> but, so, yeah, no, they were they were they were highly complimentary of uh, of Chambers and and and, uh, and Carr and Stevens. They liked them a lot. Yeah. After yeah. they uh, there was a lot of discussion there. I think they're previewing their in their recap uh, threads that um, not to go like. Not that we're stalking to Studio Times, we but are, uh, uh, you know, we are. Uh, I I have been accused of it here and there from a Slack-related incident a while back, but you know. <laughs> but yeah, that's, I mean, that's the that's, that's the ancient that history. The, yeah, the, we're saving that for the uh, extra commentaries. We're saving the, that for the all the uh, the inside scoops we're going to give when we create a, a premium board at at More Lines. <laughs> or that's going to be that's, that's going to be part of the content that you get. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> In all seriousness, it is uh, like I don't know what it is. I, I know there are some people who, uh, in, in various comment sections and on Twitter and stuff like that, say, "Well, the only reason this happens is because they love beating up on uh, Penn State when Pat coaches it." 
does seem like coaches and fans at the better Big Ten programs have an appreciation for how Penn State plays under Pat. I mean, I mean the one thing I always go back to is in, I think, 2012 or 2013, one of those years, Penn State was bad, uh, but Tom Crean voted him the Big Ten Coach of the Year because he just thought that highly uh, of the work he did. So, that, I mean, that is really cool, and I, I do think that it is legitimate, and it's not, uh, yeah, we just love beating up on these scrubs, but it, it, it always is weird that, and I guess this is just how sports work, but other f- fans are able to see the good works that a coach are doing sometimes better than a team's fans are. Um, yeah. So do you guys want to discuss Illinois and Nebraska? Yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, looking at both of them, Saturday, Penn State travels to Illinois, a 31% chance of winning on Ken Palm, projected final score 71-66. And then on Tuesday, travel to Nebraska, uh, 39% chance of winning on Ken Palm, uh, 72-68 is the projected final score. Chad, give us a nice little preview of both of these games. What should we expect? And like, what does Penn State need to do to come out with at least one win in these two? Uh, they have to rebound. That's been the key for them all year, just trying to rebound and, and get uh, keep the other team off the uh, offensive glass. Um, but these are two tough games, so both on the road. Um, Illinois... Is coming off a big win at uh, at Northwestern, which which they really needed in order to keep their postseason hopes alive. They're still probably on the outside looking in at uh, the NCAA tournament, and John Gross uh, probably going to get canned at the end of the season. Uh, and if Penn State would beat them this weekend, that'd be uh, maybe the final nail in the coffin for him. Uh, Nebraska is a really tough uh, road game to play. Um, they have a really good home court advantage. Um, and they have two really outstanding guards in Ty Webster and Glenn Watson. They're pretty light inside. They don't have a lot of bodies that are that can match up with Mike Watkins. Um, they have seven-footer Jordy uh, Shimanga, but he's kind of a low-usage guy, not very, uh, not very involved in their game plan. So um, there, there have been you know less winnable road games, but still, I don't know that um, the road hasn't been too kind to Penn State lately. So we'll see. Just. Uh, how prepared they are after this. They have a nice little break here from Tuesday to uh, Saturday to get rested and get ready for this Illinois game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to the freshmen. Um, you know, it's like kind of what we saw in the Maryland game. The freshmen are on their game. They're not getting in foul trouble. They're making smart decisions. Um, this team's definitely going to have a chance to win. If the freshmen don't play well, then um, it's likely they're going to lose because I, I don't see the upperclassmen being able to carry them to wins anymore. Um, so we'll see what happens. I think, you know, this is definitely going to be a big chance for uh, Nazir Bostic too. Um, you know, I don't know. They didn't really say kind of what Samuel's illness was. I mean, he missed the last game. But, um, you know, Bostic, you know, we, we, we did talk – we did touch on his, like, that sequence that he had with the uh, the offensive rebound and then the block. Um, you know, he's going to get some time just because he really bailed out Chambers on that um, offensive rebound for sure. Um, they were trying to get away with having all the like getting the freshmen to breather, and um, the under four timeout just like never came. And I remember the broadcast was like, "Yo, you got to call a timeout, get these guys back in the game." Penn State didn't look very good, um, and frankly, like Shep took a not great look. Um, but fortunately, Nas came through and made a huge play. So he um, that bailout there, you know, I definitely think it's going to earn him a lot more minutes. So uh, 
we'll see what he can do in these next couple games. Yeah, Dan, do you have any any thoughts on either of these? Yeah, the the Illinois game, you know, you can make the argument that, you know, with it being potentially a lame duck head coach, you know, there is an opportunity there. Certainly they're not a great team, so it's a winnable game, but I don't have a great feeling about that. I think the Nebraska game is one that's that's very winnable, despite it being a tough challenge on the road there. Um, you know, what they really need in that game is we talk about the upperclassmen. We we haven't been able to rely on it much. They're going to get open looks against Nebraska. Nebraska is a team that does not defend the perimeter well. Teams get a lot of open three-point attempts, and they've been hitting them against them. Uh, but the big concern against Nebraska is the turnovers. Uh, that's a team that uh, you know, turns the ball over, and Penn State's had a lot of trouble with that recently. So um, you know, there's a path to winning that game, but they've got to you know, correct some of the issues that they've had uh, in, recently, in recent games to, to be able to pull that off. All right, and because of some technical issues, this is going to be a very awkward transition into the ending of the podcast, but thank you, as always, for listening. Make sure, keep reading the site, supporting us, sharing the content that you see on there. That goes a long way. That really helps us. Also going a long way is you subscribing on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on Google Play, and leaving us reviews on there. Make sure you follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook are the two big ones, and yeah, One last time, thank you for listening. For Dan Smith, for Chad Markulix, for Eric Gibson, I'm Bill DeFilippo. Take care, everyone.